All righty. So the guy or the person I had asked to speak this week chickened out because they didn't think they could bear following Larry Randolph. <laughs> Can you? I can't blame them, though. Uh, so I didn't want to do it either, so I thought, I'm not going to preach after Larry Randolph, man. Wasn't that a great message he gave last week? That guy is just a tremendous communicator of the heart of the Lord. He really is. And uh, he's a great guy also. He's a real person. I mean, you know, he's, he's as genuine as a person you'll ever meet and really, really has a real passion for what the Father's doing in the earth. So, but, so what we're going to do this morning is Becky and I are going to do it w- together. Yeah. Or we're going to try to do it together. We already tried this one time. I don't know if it worked out exactly the way Becky wanted it to, but... Yeah, but I can't do what I did earlier, so I I don't know how we're going to do this. But what we want to talk to you about, though, this is really what we feel God has put in our hearts, is to talk to you about how to get through these times we're living in. Okay, the Lord's been really speaking to us a lot about this and uh, has brought people, you know, to speak into our lives also, to really share stuff with us uh, that's really... Been, it's been a real blessing to us. So what we want to do is just try to share a few things that God has really put on us. And if you will hear, hear the Lord speaking to you and really do this, I believe it will really help you get through the times we're living in. I want to remind you back, uh, because we have some major winds blowing through the world. Okay, remember back last year we were having a great old time dancing on the winds of change. Remember that when, when Kathy Walters was here? We were just having such a blessed time, and uh, all of a sudden those winds have gotten here, and it ain't so fun, right? <laughs> but there really is some powerful winds blowing in the earth. And so what God wants to do, God wants to help us get through this time, okay, and, and, but get through it and be better on the other end of it. Yeah. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean some stuff's not going to get blown off of us. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think some stuff is going to get blown off of us. Okay, and I think, well, I think we're, we're going to uh, change. I think there's going to be a lot of change. And I, uh, I know we've talked about change for years in the church, and people would be mad about, you know, always wanting to change. But all that change that we talked about for years was surface change. You know that? It's more like, you know, we want to we have this style and do, do it this way. All that surface stuff, okay? We're not talking about surface stuff now. We're talking about we, God really is going to change. Everything's going to change. Our nation's going to change. I don't think it's going to ever go back and be the way it was. Okay, I think we have to accept that. Our nation is, is going to be different. And so the, God's going to have a church that's going to be different also. God is going to change the church. And God is looking for a, a, a people a wineskin that's flexible, okay? He wants, to, he wants to teach us. In fact, that's what he was speaking to me last year about, about learning how to be flexible. And God wants to teach us flexibility so we can form to what he's doing and conform to what he's doing. I'm not talking, because there's a world out there that's going to be changing. It's going to need a, a, another expression of the Lord himself. And I'm not talking about being relevant or, or secret sensitive, any of that stuff. You know, I'm just, just flat not talking about it. I'm talking about being uh, relevant to God and what God is doing and what God is saying. Yeah. And that's what's going to bring us through uh, this season, and that's how we're going to come out better than we came into it. So that's, that's sort of what we're going to do, try to do anyway. I mean, we can't tell you everything, but we can tell you some stuff that's good stuff, I think. So He forgets I'm standing up here. Yeah. Can't you tell? 
getting in front of her. <laughs> um, you know, on New Year's Day, I mentioned this to you guys, I think a couple of weeks ago, I've got the Book of Lamentations for New Year's Day, and I don't normally get things or even, I don't do any of that stuff in New Year's Day. I just think all another year. But I really felt like the Lord was telling me that this was going to be a difficult year. And even even apart from all the economy stuff, I feel like it's a time of wilderness and desert and just trials for a lot of people. And I, I told you this a couple of weeks ago, and remember I said to you, don't waste your trials. That the Lord really wants to do some things in us. When we're going through trials, it's really important that we really grab hold of what God is trying to say to us in that trial. It's, it, what happens to us is we get so consumed with the trial, and all we do is grin and bear it, and never really, if we're not careful, won't really prosper in the trial. But God is really trying to do work some things in us through it. So it's always really key to understand if we're going through a trial, let's not waste that trial. Let's get out of it everything that the Lord is saying to me, not to somebody else. We, that's the main question is what are you saying to me, God? And uh, it's really key. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. And I want to how many of you feel like you are in a year of wilderness, trouble, any of those kind of things, just raise your hand. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. In our first service, it was almost everybody, and probably some of you are not being honest. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to say that really to say that it's, this is, it's important to realize that it's something where most people are in. You're not alone. Yeah, I wanted to read something Bobby Connor uh, said when he was here, uh, which should help you. He's... Uh, Many are being summoned to meet with God in the wilderness. Many are being summoned. This will be a time of consecration and commissioning when we obey and follow him to the place of his choosing. And he, he, he explained that commission uh, has the uh, sense that God wants to release authority in this time to the people of God. And while we're going through the, through the wilderness, there's an authority uh, that's going to be released to us, and there's also going to be a removal of all things that contaminate. Now, that's important because, I mean, I feel like that's something that's been, in my life, I feel like there's been some things that God has removed out of my life that have been contaminating things already. Just, they're more inward things, but we're in a time where God is removing things that contaminate us. We're also in a time where God really wants to release spiritual authority Okay, to the church. And you know what? When we have authority, then we have the right to ex exercise his power. That's what the difference between authority and power is. Authority gives us the right. You know, like the policeman has, a, has the authority to arrest you. He has the power to arrest you, but having his badge gives him the authority. So God's going It's in a time where God... See, God really is trying to help us. This is a time that God really wants to help the body of Christ. But we're not going to be helped if we don't cooperate with God. It's going to be a lot more difficult and a lot more troublesome for you if you don't have this bowing in your heart and this, this breaking in your heart towards what God's trying to do. If you try to fight Him, you can't fight the wind. It's, you're going to lose. It's going to be, uh, you're going to, it's going, you could lose some things that you don't need to lose. In other words, and you could go, this thing could be a lot longer for you because we're not talking about a wilderness to go out and wander for 40 years. Okay, God's summoning us out there as, as a lover. You know, the Scripture speaks of who is this coming up from the, uh, from the wilderness leaning on her beloved. 
So that's what we're going to be seeing. We're going to see some powerful things come forth in the future. So now is a critical time for us. Um, one of the things the Lord was showing me was, um, you know, Jesus himself was led by the Spirit, just like Byron was said, into the wilderness. And um, last week, first I want to say, we want to ta- make you understand why we go through wilderness times. Okay? That's one of the things we're t- trying to help help us gain understanding of why we have to go through these things. And then the second thing we want to talk about, and we may, it may bleed in and out, is how we behave in the midst of that because it's important, really important. So we see that Jesus, before he was led into his ministry, was tested. He was led into the wilderness and tested in that place. And what Larry Randolph was talking about last week I think is really important. Here's one of the reasons why I believe we go into wilderness and desert and trials is because we have promises of God in our life and that wilderness, and he was talking about those promises where well, it takes a process to get to those things, to get to the fulfillment of that promise. It's just like the book of Acts, they had to wait and tarry for the Holy Spirit to come. You know, the children of Israel spent 40 years in a wilderness getting to the promised land where there was a process there going on. I believe we're in a process of the Lord trying to get us into another place. Jesus himself had to live through that process. And the thing, one of the things I believe of why we go through testing is it really is to break off any independence that we have from God. If you really think about the enemy was trying to draw Jesus in to to operate outside of his connection with the Father. He was wanting him to turn stones into bread. What was his response? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth. You see what I'm saying? So these times of testing are for this this independent thing, this self thing, to get knocked off of us. And it brings us into humility, into brokenness. It really just says, you know, this is what you really look like, gal, in this state. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's coming into truth. And... um, and if you, that's really one of the major things that I believe goes on in these times of testing. And one thing, if you go back and look at when Jesus went in, uh, into the wilderness, the Bible says Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's how it says, and, and was led by the Spirit. In, the, in other words, he was a, he was a Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, that's right. <laughs> Pentecostal man, you know. <laughs> but it says when he came through it, he says he came in the power of the Spirit. There's one thing to be full of, full of Spirit. There's nothing to be in the power of the Spirit. See, that's where God wants to take the church from. Okay, we've been filled with the Spirit. God wants to take us from the, from the fullness of the Spirit into the power of the Spirit. That's what's going to be needed. See, that's one of the great things that's going to happen to the church. Okay, we're going to go from a people who, yeah, we've been filled with the Spirit. We've got the Spirit flowing in us. But we're going to go from that to people who have real power and real authority in the world, in the spiritual realm, to be able to exercise that power and authority. We've seen little glimpses of it here and there, but God is going to have a, a, a church that has that power and authority. So that's, that's one of the great things about getting through this wilderness, realizing we're going to come out looking good. We're going to come out with power and authority if, if, if we allow the Lord to walk us through it. We can't, this now is not a time to, to tuck and run. Now is not a time to draw back. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Those are really key things that the Lord's been showing us, and we've even gotten, you know, counsel from, from some of these guys about this. Uh, but we'll go ahead. I, I could just talk all over the road. Go ahead. 
I don't want to. We're doing good. So we understand that that's one of the major reasons why we go through wilderness and desert times. A lot of people don't really understand what's happening to them when they're in the midst of it. They can't, and really nobody, nobody really knows what's going on in the midst of it. It's really until you get on the other side where you can really see clearly. And, but the key thing is understanding that there's a reason for testing in wilderness, and it's a good reason. God doesn't want to leave us to ourselves. If he leaves us to ourselves, our we'll have a tendency to drift right back into an independent nature of him. And uh, so I want to encourage you because that's, we're in a process. We're just really in that process. And, um, you know, it's a time of fresh surrender. It's, you know, really surrendering to the Lord afresh with all these things that we really need to lay at His feet. And, um, and I just um, want to say this about First Peter 1, 6 and 7. I, we didn't get to that this morning much, but will you put that up? You have seven minutes? That'll work. I'll read this. I had it down. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, seven, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we just really see, you know, these times of fire just purifying us. And the good thing is, is when we get through this process, there's going to be such a testimony of that, what Byron was talking about. Just There's going to be praise and glory and honor to the Lord of the things that we will be able to bring out of this that, will really, that God will use our whole life. I know for me, I call this the big one. When I was in my early 20s, we went through a huge trial. And it's really a lot of this is what God taught me then. And I'll tell you, I call it the big one. Because so many people come into this place. I don't know why. We t- we'll talk about this the threshing floor. Am I okay with this? Yeah, go ahead. Um, it was a big one for me. It was like an initial place in my life that God really broke me. I lost a baby during that season. We didn't have a job during that season. We had tried to plant a church that flopped. You name it. It was failure. It was just total failure. And I didn't understand my faith was being tried. The and it was really what was happening was it was being tried so that the genuine, you know, to come into more of a genuine faith. And I believe that we will go through these times over and over. We'll go through these times so that the genuineness of our faith will come forth. And um, it, I, I believe in the United States, um, it's, that thing doesn't get tested all the time because we have everything. But we are in a season of testing of that. Yeah. Our faith is being tested right now. Yeah. That's something that God's doing with everybody. Okay? Our faith and our foundations are being tested. So we need to allow the Lord to, you know, our foundation has a lot to do with our relationships. Okay? I mean, and so a lot of, rela- you know, our, mainly our relationship with the Lord's being tested right now. That's the main relationship that's really being put under the put under the scrutiny, plus other relationships. But we need to allow the Lord to examine them. And we need to allow the Lord to examine our faith because now's the time where He wants to repair those things in our lives. Okay? He wants our faith to be repaired. He wants to heal these things in our life so that when we come out of it, we'll, be, we'll have a solid ground to stand on it and we can't be undermined. 
Okay, and we're really going to come into a time where the people of God are really going to have to walk by faith. Okay, in, in America. You know, we're talking about a surprise seeing all these people raised from the dead. You know why there's people raised from the dead over there? Because they don't have the options we have here. They don't have the, the medical science that we have in America. Uh, and, and so they see a lot of miracles and healings in those places because they're desperate people. Okay, and I'm not saying God's going to make the United States like Mozambique, but I am saying God wants a bride of Christ walking in power in the earth, no matter what nation it's in. And that's where God really wants to bring us, but He has to do this work in us, this purifying work, this cleansing work in us. And if you notice in that scripture, it says it's like the purifying of gold, which gold perishes. But what it really what it's saying, that your faith, so that you'll have the kind of faith that won't perish. That's really what it's saying. So that's why these times of coming through this process, we can really see that this is a process that many are get, going through. For some of us, it's discipline. We're under the discipline of the Lord. But you know, but that, we should be happy when we come under the discipline of the Lord because that means we're sons and we're daughters. Because if, if a father is going to discipline a son if he loves them. He's not going to leave us to ourselves. So um, that I just we just want to make you understand there's really good reasons for why we go through these things that we're going through, and um, but I'll tell you there's I want to tell you one thing that I think's happening. Are you good? Have you got anything else about why we're here? Um, I woke up this week and I was kind of having this visitation with the Lord, and um, I feel like this is sort of what's going on with us. I had this feeling that I was with this group of people. And it seemed like Old Testament times, but I sort of recognized it was us. But we were being moved from one place to another, and we were going to the land of Goshen. And do you know what the land of Goshen is? It's when Joseph was ruling over uh, Egypt, and he brought his whole family up from, um, from Israel, or where they'd been, were they in mm-hmm. Israel? And there was famine in the land. But God had blessed Joseph, remember, so he brought his family to the land of Goshen where they were provided for. Isn't that good? It was a land of plenty. It was a land of plenty. It was a land of protection. When all the plagues came on Israel, the people in Goshen were protected. They were cared for. None of those plagues came. You see, that's really what God wants to do for his people. God wants to put us in a a, a spiritual Goshen, okay, where we're protected. Doesn't mean the world around us is not going to be in a storm, but God wants to protect and provide for us. That's that's His heart during this time is to to shield us and protect us and get us through this time. You know, it was sort of like an incubator for them. It was a caring place for them. So I believe the Lord really wants to to do that. Now that brings up one of the key things that God has really revealed to me about this year, and it has to do with decision making. Okay. In other words, what God's been revealing to me that really started last year, okay? He started last year beginning to speak to me about decision-making and about planning, okay? Last year, I want to tell you last year the Lord told me, make your plans, but be open for me to change them. That's what he told me in 2008, first of 2000, make your plans. And you know what happened? Every plan I made, God changed. I mean, every one of them, and I, it frustrated me so in, because I even said, Lord, Lord, what is the use of me planning something if you're going to change everything? He said, because I'm trying to teach you flexibility. I want you to learn how to be flexible. I want you to learn how to change when I change. I want you to learn how to, to, to be different when I'm being different. But this year, he told me something different. 
Okay, this year, would you put Psalm 27, verse 8 up? Now, I know I've talked to you about Psalm 27 a fairly good bit. One of the things the Lord told me, uh, He told me this on December 17th, because I was asking, Lord, what's, what about next year? This is December 27, 2000. He said to me, Psalm 27 is important for this year, 2009. And I was really happy to hear when Bobby Connor came here and said in 2007, the Lord said Psalm 27 is going to be important for 2009. But the Lord said, I want you to start with verse 8. This is where you need to start. And it says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall see. So the Lord was saying, really, that the, where you start at in this process is you start at with fellowship and communion with the Lord. Hearing the Lord, you know, having a relationship with the Lord. You know, and, and since that time, you know, there's been lots of prophets who are saying, you know, this is what God is saying to the church right now. Intimacy with me is the most important thing you can do. You know, it's time for the church to get at my feet and be at my feet and be with me. That is the number one thing that we need to be doing right now. That's the place of provision and protection for us. Um, you know, if you... Well, I'm not going to go there, but there's something really good in the, in the book of Ruth about that. If you ever go and read that little four-chapter book about a woman at the foot of a man. I saw something recently. I'll just tell you, this is really cool, man. Ruth worked in those fields, uh, gleaming, and got three quart or three pints of barley. Okay? That's what she got when she's out working those fields. Okay? I was, and then... She wound up laying up, everybody, you know, that's a really, really uh, uh, provocative scene in the Bible. Here she is laid at the feet of this man uh, and basically inviting that man to be her husband. You know what that means, right? Uh, But he didn't really, he couldn't go for it right then. So what he did, (laughs) y'all good, aren't you? And what he did, he told her, you need to go home and sneak out of here before anybody sees you here, basically. I mean, you know, still it was, it was dark, you know, it's early in the morning. Go home so nobody will know you've been here. We didn't do anything, but people may talk, you know, and we just need to not have to worry about that. But here, let me give you some barley. He gave her six pints of barley, okay? Now, so she worked for three pints. When she was with him, he gave her six pints. Do you all understand that? Yeah. That's where God is saying to us, your provision... The greater provision for you right now is going to be found with me. It's not going to be found in what you're doing. It's just not the time for it right now. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do, but the provision with him is going to be at least double than what we would get if we was out there just really going after what God's called us to do. Now, I'm not discouraging anybody from walking in the finished work of Christ and what he's asked you to do, but I'm just telling you, if you really want to get a download, get at his feet. All right, so anyways... I thought that was pretty cool, man. I mean, I, uh, anyways, back to the decision-making. This thing is real practical. Okay, this year the Lord told me this. He said, this is what I want you to do this year. I want you to give me everything. Okay, I want you. See, you can't, you're not going to be able to make decisions about, your, about this church, about your vision, about your goals, all this. There's no way you're going to be able to handle this. So the best thing you can do is take all of this and put it back in my hands. Okay? And then whatever is left of it, when everything is said and done, whatever is left of this church, whatever is left of your vision, whatever is left of your dreams, whatever is left of your ministry, you'll, I'll give it back to you, but you will know that's what you have from me. And then you can really prosper and grow from there. But you've got to give it up because you don't have the capacity or the ability to deal with what's going on in the earth now. You need to give your family to me right now. You want your family to be taken here. You want your children to be taken here. You better give them to me. 
So that's what he was telling me. And, he, and uh, uh, so, are y'all with me on that? I mean, that's really, really key for us right now is, is to give up and let God have it. And if God destroys it, it would be better for God to destroy your dreams than have a dream that, that's not going to ever materialize because it's just going to get blown away. It is putting your hands and you're just putting your life and putting everything you have in the hands of God. And let him. That's one thing I had to, uh, I talked to Barry Morley yesterday. And, you know, Barry, Barry is in bad shape. Barry's going to die if the Lord doesn't give him a miracle. Okay? He could barely, he whispered. That was his talk. But I said, Barry, this is the truth. Barry, I have prayed every prayer I know to pray for you. And I failed. I can't, I can't get you healed. I just can't do it. I failed you. And I know the Lord's called us to heal the sick. Not just pray for the sick, but he's really called the church to heal the sick. But we ain't healing you. So, Barry, this is what I did. I just said, Lord, I'm giving Barry to you. And whatever you do with him, you do with him. But we ain't, we're not doing it. And I've already, we've already done that ourselves. We're not, we're not stopping believing God wants to heal me and give me a miracle. But, but I put myself in God's hands. And if I live, I live. And if I die, I die. But I'm in God's hands. You know? And, and uh, because I believe there's something there hindering. I even told his wife, there's something, Betsy, I said, there's something there hindering the prayer. There's, I can't figure out what it is, but it's like you can't puncture through it for some reason. Okay, but we had to give him, and they'd already done it. In my heart, I had, because it was tearing me up. I talked to him, I'd get all tore up over it, because I just couldn't, couldn't feel like I could get the breakthrough on it. And I feel like God had, really wants a breakthrough, but there's something else there. But so what you do is you give it to the Lord. And whatever happens, it's in the Lord's hand. And God really wants us to give things to Him. And so one of the things that, that Bobby Connor and Larry Randolph both told me, they told me this. They said, you need to be really careful about decisions you make this year. Okay, I mean really careful. Any kind of major decision that you're making, you need to be careful because it, you could get major setbacks this year if you make the wrong decisions. In other words, every decision you make, you better know that this, this is a decision from heaven. That this has been ordained by heaven to make this decision. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about what kind of pair, what pair of shoes I'm going to wear tomorrow. You know, I'm talking about decisions that affect your life. Uh, you know, and, and Larry, said this, Larry said this, where you are geographically is critical right now. He said it's not a time to be exposed and uncovered. We can't, in other words, he was saying, you, we can't just make decisions like we've always been. We've always been there to do what we want to do, basically, or pretty much. Like, we're going to go here, we're going to go there. Uh, these people may be mad at this church, or I don't like that person, I'm going to separate from them. We don't, God is saying, no, don't do that. This, now's not the time for that. Now's the time to submit your life to me and let me make the decisions for you. Because you're going to endanger yourself, and, and there's people who are going to either be majorly majorly pushed forward in the kingdom this year or people are going to be really set back because we've made wrong decisions and choices. Don't run from what God's doing right now. Okay, don't run from this process. And I think there's people who want to run. There's people who want to pull back. Let's go ahead and talk about the David thing. Yeah, that was one of the words I felt like the Lord gave me um, over the last week or two is it's the spring of the year and in the spring of the year, kings go out to battle. And I feel like it's, even though we are in storms, wilderness, desert, testing, whatever your situation is, it's really not a time to retreat. Because you know, when you're in these times, you can't see. Everything's clouded. 
but it's still not time to retreat. The enemy would want us to go hide in a cave. You not know what Bob talked about getting depressed, getting all messed up in yeah. our minds. It's not t- see, but it's not enemy. time for that. It's time for kings to go out to battle and take our place. Um, take our place in fighting. You know, fighting through prayer, fighting through standing, as Larry talked about. Fighting to gain perspective of what is happening right now in this process. Fighting really for the future. Yeah. Is really what we're fighting for. Yeah. Fighting for our children's future. Right. So I just want to say that right now. You know, David was on the housetop. David was on the rooftop because he wasn't where he was supposed yeah. to be. That's what Bob and Larry were saying. David was in the wrong place. Yeah. He should have been out in the battlefield. He was at home. Next thing he knows, he's up there looking at a naked woman. Okay? And that's bad news for a man. Okay? It's a real, and it was really bad news for him because one thing led to another with him. Okay, but if he had been where he should have been, although I can see you singing, man, let, let Joab and those boys go do it. I don't need to do it. Hang around here at the house and watch ESPN and, you know, surf the Internet and let those guys do it. I'm the king. I've already fought my battles. But the Lord was saying, no, Dean Stein had a dream back last year, and in the dream there was a man up on a roof, and there was a very attractive woman on the roof. And Dean's, and in the, the mind of this person on the on the Ruth said, oh, I could mess with this girl and nobody really know it. That was the dream. And, and uh, Dean was asking, what does that mean? I said, Dean, don't you read? The, you know the Bible? It happened in the Bible. It was David. So we was going around telling everybody, get off the roof, get off the roof, get off the roof, if you're a man. Get off the roof. Get off. But more than that, go to battle. Or, and the roof won't be a deal for you. Be where God has called you to be right now. Don't try to go somewhere God is not calling you to go. And don't get it in your mind and try to justify that. Uh, what what uh, Bobby said to me was, this, this, these are defining times. Yeah. Decisions we make now are going to define our lives in the future. Okay? I'm thinking, man, I want my life to be defined really good. One thing that uh, Steve Lappin was telling me that Bob Jones has said a couple of times recently uh, about the vultures. Vultures are circling Okay, we're talking spiritual vultures, and they're looking for people who have stopped. Because when you stop going, when you stop walking with the Lord, when you stop walking into what God's called for you to do, those vultures are going to come after you. They're going to begin to affect your mind and assault you and consume you. And that's just just something he really feels like is really important right now. He keeps saying it, keeps emphasizing that. We need to hear those things. See, God's given us stuff. And telling us, this is what you need to do. It doesn't sound grand and glorious, but it is the counsel of the Lord for this time right now. Uh, let's put that Isaiah fifty eleven. I like that one. Isaiah fifty eleven up there. This is really good. This sort of summarizes everything. It says, Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands, walk in the light of your fire. That's your counsel, your understanding, your knowledge, okay, and among the brands you have set ablaze. This you will have from my hand. In other words, the Lord saying, okay, if that's what you choose, you choose it, but it's not going to be good for you. You see what I'm saying? If you walk in the light of what you believe, it is not God speaking to you. It's not God giving you this counsel right now. More than ever, we're at this time where we have got to hear the voice of the Lord. That's why He said... 
your, your face. Well, I think more than ever, we've got to get the counsel of God. More than ever, we can't play with this. This is critical for us right now. And God's telling us all this, so we'll do it. Good. Um, one of the big things I want to... Are you, are you... Go ahead. Okay, one of the big things that I really feel like I want to encourage you in is, like I said before, one of the major things that we can do when we're going through testing and trial is bowing to the process, surrendering to what the Lord wants to do, getting a hold of life, getting a hold of God in it. And um, if we do that right there, we've won the victory. That, that's, if I didn't tell you anything else today, you know, I feel like if you can catch that, because what's in our nature is to start complaining against God, start accusing God, just like Job's wife told Job to, to curse God and die, you know, just die, just curse God and die. And the children of Israel kept them in the wilderness longer because they were complaining. Put that Psalm 78 yeah. verse up there. This is really a good song, uh, verse. It's what she's talking about. It says, And in their heart they put God to the test by asking food according to their own desire. And I think the uh, uh, Amplifies using according to their fancy. Yeah. Okay, see, that's, that's not it. That, right now, I, I keep saying this over and over. Get that out of your mind. Not according to your fancy anymore. Not according to any of our fancy no more. It's got to be according to God's fancy. Yeah, that's right. And so, and they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? What a question is that. Here, see, see this is that complaining coming up. And that accusation toward God. We all have done it. Yeah. See, you can't tell me yeah. you've not gotten in tight situations and God did not come through the way you thought he should, that we didn't start. We can't look at these people and judge them. The thing we need to do is learn from the children of Israel. They were demanding their own way. They were demanding what they, what they wanted okay. instead of just surrendering to the process, which would have gotten them to the promise a lot faster but the complaining and the accusation began. And this is interesting. The Bible also says this in these same verses. They ate the food of angels. They were eating the food of angels and still complained. And see, the thing that we need to understand is God has goodness in His heart toward us. All that He was doing for them at that point was the goodness of His heart. He was just trying to get them, get them through the process, take them through that process in that wilderness so that they could get into their promise to their destiny. But it took a lot longer because of this kind of behavior. And that was really my heart today was just to try to say is if we can act right through this, you know, I'll tell you, um, I want to tell you, uh, Charlie and Luann are not here, but when... Charlie Luann Wallace lost their 16-year-old daughter to a car wreck. And um, I don't know if any of their kids are here, but... No, they went on a One of the trip. things, they actually got a word from the Lord. It was through Paul Cain at the time. That because of the way they had behaved, the Lord was going to basically... He, the Lord had taken note of their behavior in that trial. Because I'll tell you, Charlie Luann absolutely surrendered themselves to God, even in that tragedy. And I just, that always just stuck with me is 
You know, we don't understand. We're never going to understand why certain things happen on this side. And I believe in always contending because I don't, I don't understand all that stuff. I really don't. But I tell you this, you know, in those situations, by God's grace, we can surrender and bow in our hearts to the process so that we can get to what God has for us in our destiny a lot faster and a lot cleaner. One time when I was a little girl, uh, we, had fam- we had the first Family Dollar store. Actually, the my aunt who, man who owns Family Dollar went to high school with my mother. And um, so that was... we. We went to that place often. My mother loved to save a dime. So we were, I can remember back then polyester pantsuits were in. And there was this navy blue polyester pantsuit in that store that had a red polka dot flared blouse that went under it. it was I wanted it so bad. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. We really didn't have a lot of money. And, uh, you know, just hardworking people. My mom and dad both worked. I begged and begged and begged and begged for that thing. When we're all through the store, I drove my mama crazy. And I finally ended up in the car sulking over not getting it. Well, about a month later was Christmas. And what was under the tree was that navy blue polyester pantsuit with the red polka dot shirt. But I'll tell you this. When I opened it, I was not happy about it. You know why I was not happy about it? because I felt guilty about the way I'd pitched a fit to get that thing. So there was no joy in it for me. And so I'm just saying, I think the Lord wants us to get through these times behaving right. You know, so that when we get to the other side of it, we won't have to deal with this grumbling and griping and attitude that can get on us. And um, so... That just kind of came to me up here. That was funny. <laughs> it all just comes. You know, so. If they only knew, it's all just random thoughts. Yeah. It's not and like some organized message. Can I go on? Go on. Lamentations 319. <laughs> wow, I've gotten this too. This is really the truth. Lamentations 3. What do I have? Okay. Well, let me, let me just, I'll just read it, okay? Lamentations 3 really is about this. This is about horrible things going on in, in, all around Jeremiah. But in the middle of this chapter, it will transition into him hoping in the Lord. And it starts, this is where it says, 19, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and the bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down. There it is surrendering within me this but this i recall to my mind see this is where it begins to switch and therefore i have hope that the lord's loving kindness indeed never cease for his compassions never fail they're new every morning as great as your faithfulness and this is it verse 24 the lord is my portion and this is really ultimately what these things will do for us it brings us to that very point of just everything being stripped off of us till our heart can respond and bow to the Lord. That's the behavior, bow into the process. So that really, the real good thing is this, is when we get to the other side, we're singing this tune. The Lord's all I want. He's our portion. He's all I need. It's not even getting to stuff. It's just getting to, you know... That's where we're going to be the most fulfilled in our whole life. 
is where the Lord himself is our portion. I'm not there all the time. I'm there some days. Some days I'm not. You know, but I just want to say that I've had moments of that. And that's where I believe the Lord wants his people. I believe that is the land of Goshen. It is. It goes on and says the Lord is good to those who wait, on, wait for him. If you don't believe in the goodness of God, you're already taken out of the game. Yeah. Uh, to the person who seeks him, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. So that's really, you know, a good way to behave through and not be like Becky. Throw a fit about the polyester pantsuit. One of the things the Lord uh, sh- uh, showed me is Becky's got a couple of things she wrote down about not complaining. Okay, uh, no accusation. Now that goes back to to found our foundations of our life being tested. Accusation. We tend to want to blame people for stuff. Okay, we tend to want to blame everybody. I mean, if we can find somebody to blame, we're going to blame them. Now, and that's not really the heart of the Father. That's what He showed me recently about me. Okay, I had a little breakthrough because, and the, here's how the breakthrough came. Somebody asked me, Byron, tell me exactly what happened to your childhood that messed you up so bad. <laughs> and I started listening to all these things, and I, and I did have some really bad stuff to happen to me. But right in the middle of it, I got really convicted. I got convicted that I had spent my life blaming my family for the way I was raised and what happened to me. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't, you don't understand this. You don't understand the scripture that says God causes all things to work for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. If you understood that scripture, you would be thankful. You would thank me in, in all things. Not for all, you would thank me in all things. When you know that scripture, and I begin to repent and realize I had spent my life like that. And God was setting me free at that moment where I became in a thankful mode when it was no longer... You know, something poor daddy or old 90-year-old mama, you know, when you, that you're holding against them down there in your heart, something they did, or your brother or sister, the pastor, or your friend at church, or your, your boss at work, that we've spent our life doing those things. And God was saying, if you understand that I'll take anything that happens to you, no matter how hideous, and I can think I can match, I think if somebody wanted to match hideousness about what you're allowed, I think I could probably go toe-to-toe with most people, honestly. Okay? But I'm telling you this today, God has taken those things and, and made them work for my good in my life. And God's calling us into that kind of place to, to free us from having to blame people and free us. Put that uh, Lamentations 340 up, if you would, Pam. Uh, this is something that was really, that the Lord really wants to help us with is um, let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. This is one thing that I think is happening right now. God is calling for a deeper level of repentance in His people. He wants you and I to go deeper in our repentance to Him, to look, to look deeper with the Holy Spirit's guidance, look deeper and begin to see things in our lives that are keeping us from what He has for us and, and, and come into repentance um, one of the things that uh, Becky mentioned, the threshing floor, um, when Bob Jones first visited our church many years ago, uh, at a past, we had a pastor's meeting here, and Bob Jones came, and, and he sat down in here and looked around and said, this place is like a barn to me. 
That's what he said. He said, it's a threshing floor. And uh, at the time, we had pink walls. I proclaim this today. Any church that has pink walls is headed for a move of God. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what, kind of, what, what in the world? How can a pink building be a barn? <laughs> and, but we've realized over the years, people have come into this church and immediately would go through some stuff in their life. They would go through some bad stuff. I didn't want people to talk about it. I'm thinking, ain't nobody going to come to this church. They're going to get in trouble when they get here. God's going to thrash them. Okay, and so Becky was telling somebody that this week. He was going through a threshing in their life. I thought, you know, I need to find out what the Bible says about that. So I went through the whole Bible, every verse that has threshing floor in it, I looked at. Then I narrowed it down to actual threshing floors in the Bible. And you know what I found out? Everywhere there's an actual threshing floor in the Bible where it mentions there was an encounter with God that happened. So here I am. I'm going to tell you this. I'm making a decree over this church. This church is a place for people to have encounters with God. I'm talking real encounters. That's what the man was trying to tell me ten years, eight years ago, whenever it was. He was trying to tell me, this is a place where people are going to have encounters with God. And that's what all this is about, what God is threshing the world. And what we're going through as people in this world is to have a real living encounter. There was only one negative encounter in there. And that was when old Uzzah got carried away and was going to steady God's hand, steady the ark. Okay? He's going to put his hand up to the ark. You know what Harry Bazell told me one time? We were in a great church, Lamb's Chapel, back in the set. It was, a, it was a move of God. And you know what happened to Lamb's Chapel? God blew a powerful wind through there and blew that place to the ground. But this is what Harry Bazell told me. He told me this. He gave me some counsel. He said, Byron... One of the biggest mistakes I made. He was a pastor there. That's uh, Luann's daddy. Luann Wallace's daddy. Uh, Mary Mead's granddaddy. Uh, so one of the biggest mistakes I had. When the Lord shook the place, I reached out my hand to steady it. And he said, I feel like if I wouldn't have done that, the place could have got through it. Okay? God is blowing hard. God is going to blow harder and harder. We don't want to reach out our hands to try to steady anything. Because putting our hands on it may destroy it. If God's blowing in your life right now and you feel like you're fixing to get blown down, if God's blowing, get blown down. Don't try to steady it. Because by steadying it, you're going to do exactly opposite of what God... That's why I said, Lord, I'm giving you this church back. Because I don't want to have to try to put my hand out and see me destroy this church with my foolishness. Because I don't have the wisdom to steady something. If God blows it off, then God will blow it off. But I, I'm not too worried. I know the Lord's going to take care of us. I believe this church will come through this if we'll listen to the Lord. And, but we'll, and, we may, and we're going to be different. We may lose a few things along the way, but we're going to be better. We're going to be greater. And we're going to, I believe we're going to walk in the power of God like we, we never have. The other thing was, uh, uh, that was the threshing floor, right? Yeah. Um, was this experience I had this week. Or you want to say something before I talk about that mouth thing? All right, we'll take turns. Here's what happened to me this week. It happened to me Wednesday. This was powerful, okay? This is, this is going to a deeper level of repentance. I was in there just soaking in the Lord by myself at home, having a nice time, and an angel came to me, okay? I didn't see it. I felt it in the spirit realm. I felt there was an angel in the room, and I felt like he told me to reach out my hands, and I felt like he put something in my hands. And at that moment, I realized that the Scripture came to my mind of, in Isaiah 6, like Isaiah 6, 5, 
where the Lord took the coals from the altar of God and put them on Isaiah. Isaiah said this. He saw the Lord. He had a revelation of the Lord. He said, oh, woe is me. There it is right now. (laughs) For I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Can you put the next verse up, Pam? Anyways, what happened was the seraphim went over and grabbed a coal out of the fire of God, the altar of God, and put it on his lips and cleansed his lips. And he began, and after that, something happened. This was great. This is what I love about it. After that, he heard voices. Would y'all like to hear some voices? He heard the heart of the God, the Father, saying, Who is going to go for us? And because he heard that, uh, that's where it says, the seraphim's flying around, and they actually placed them on his lips and cleansed his lips. And then he heard the voice of the Lord, and the Lord then commissioned Isaiah to go and, and be the prophet. He went and prophesied from there. He had the commissioning. But what happened is, so I felt that experience. That was a great experience. I love experiences. I'm all for experience. In fact, somebody told me I just didn't want to experience the Lord anymore because it didn't sound, I was telling them, I want to experience the Lord as much as I can. I don't care. I mean, that was, I'm thinking, that's crazy, man. Come on, keep experiencing the Lord. Something's going to happen in your life one of these days. So I had that one. But then I went to the pastor's meeting. I shared this, some of this Wednesday. And I went to the pastor's meeting, and I mean, it was weird. It was literally like I was watching a DVD of the previous week. They were talking about the exact same things, telling the exact stories, asking for the exact same prayer request that we did a week before. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm not, this is so boring. I've, we've already talked about this. I'm not talking about it no more. So I'm going to take this moment, and I am going up into the heavenly realm. That's what I'm going to do. So I got really quiet and still closed my eyes and heard something. What happened was I felt something. I started rubbing my tongue on my teeth. You ever done that? Now I realize, I just saw a few people doing that. <laughs> I thought, man, I thought, man, my teeth are really sharp. I never thought about how sharp my teeth were. I said, they are really sharp. I could really bite somebody and hurt them. <laughs> and then the Lord spoke. Then I heard something. Then the Lord said, yeah, Byron, you've bit a lot of people and hurt a lot of people with your mouth, especially your wife and your children and some of your close friends, and you've even said stuff in the church preaching that really hurt people. And man, I mean, I was so convicted. I'm telling you, you don't know how convicted I was. I mean, I wasn't scared. I wasn't sorrowful. I was convicted. I was convicted down. I'm talking way down in there. When I said examining and probing, I mean, it went way down in me. It really hurt me. I was hurting on the inside. I'm talking about in a good way. I mean, I could have blown the, my roof in there if, if I wouldn't have messed up their little DVD that they were doing. I had to be careful because I didn't want to get thrown out of the meeting. But I could have blown it, man. I was so convicted. It, it hurt. You know that song, It Hurts So Good? You ever heard that? It's an old rock and roll. It hurts so good. Come on, baby. That's the way it felt. It hurt good. Because I was telling God, oh, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done to my wife. The things I have said to her that have hurt this woman, she didn't deserve it. And my children, I've hurt them. And I've hurt my friends. I've hurt people at church. Please forgive me, Lord. And I knew the Lord. And he said, yeah, and what you need to do, the first thing you can do with those, those, those embers that are in your hand is put them on your own mouth. That's what he said to me. 
I put that in on my mouth. And it said, Lord, heal my mouth. Make my mouth, make my mouth a blessing that you meant for it. Well, you know, then I came over here and we were piddling around over here later in the day and me and Marlon and Matthew were standing back in a prayer room and there's a little plaque there, uh, Matthew 7, 7, you know, which says, Ask and you will receive, seek, and, you know, you will find knocking the door will be open to you. And, and Marlon shared a little testimony of just asking the Lord for a simple thing, a simple thing. He asked the Lord to do something simple and God did it. And I said, hey, let's ask the Lord. I'm, I'm asking God, God, I need $300 to pay my taxes. Because I have saved and scrimped and saved and scrimped, and I am down to my bone. I'm not eating if I don't get that $300 or not pay the taxes, and I'm scared to. In other words, I'll probably pay them and go buy groceries on a credit card. <laughs> that was what I was, I was going to eat and pay my taxes. I was going in debt. I was going to borrow the money from myself. Give me that $300. This is the truth. Before I went to bed that night, I had that $300. Now, here's the truth. Here's what I feel like God said. is my, Your mouth is keeping some of your prayers from being answered. Your mouth, your mouth, because you have used your mouth wrongly. It has held up. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know. It tells us that. Peter says, you know, the way you treat your wife husbands can hinder your prayers. Do y'all know that? The way you treat your wife can hinder your prayers. I think the way you treat anybody can hinder your prayers. God wants to answer our prayers. And I mean, he was just doing that just to get my attention and tell you also that he wants to answer your prayers. But God wants to cleanse our mouths. He really does. He wants to get away from that sharp tongue, you know, biting people thing. So he can answer our prayers. I think that's a really important thing right now. Is that good? Yeah. You done? I'm going to say one more thing, and then because we do need to stop. Um, I just, is there, as we're going through this, these times, how many of you are dealing with anxiety and pressure and all that stuff? Are a lot of you feeling that stuff? Yeah, a lot of people are. Um, well, you know, God is so good. I, I, was, I shared this Wednesday night that I was having a time with the Lord on Wednesday morning where my mind was just really messed up, worried, just, you know, travailing before the Lord, not in a good way. And um, the Lord, I got a word, the Lord spoke to me. He says, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And then he said, cooperate. And I knew what the Lord was saying was all that line of thinking you're in in here, all that swirl. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? He said, those are not my thoughts. Those are your thoughts. And I knew what he was doing was inviting me to have his thoughts, to put that down and I know we've said this a lot, but thankfulness, I've really been going after the thankfulness uh, to try to combat a lot of these thoughts that have been coming against me. And one thing that I read in Bill Johnson's book that's really good about that, he says thankfulness is kind of like counters. You know, because all these troubles have a tendency to consume your mind. Just, you, you just get spiral down into this stuff. But thankfulness will get you out of that spiral because it will make you start really proclaiming the truth in the right places. And this is one more thing because this helps you have the right mind in going through this. The other thing um, that we actually learned in Chicago when I went to this prayer thing that I, re I think is powerful, we did some of this Wednesday night, is, you know, the Lord's prayer is, Our Father who art in he heaven, 
hallowed be your name, to hallel the name of God over your situation. Begin to proclaim his characters, his characteristics, his power, all of that over your situations that you're famous, I mean, that facing. Because here is what he will do. As you begin to do that, because this is how they actually teach people how to pray in Uganda, is you begin by hallel in the name of God over those situations. And once you begin to do that and, and then begin to repent for any way you need to repent, because that's another aspect of this, you'll begin to connect them with the heart of God for your situation and be able to pray effectively and be able to gain the right perspective. It's powerful. Been doing that. Colleen walked up to me this morning. She was in a mess this week. Uh, Byron said Wednesday. It was so funny. Wednesday night he said, did somebody hit the panic button this week? Because <laughs> it was like that. It was like everybody was stirred up. And, um, but Wednesday night, we even prayed that way together, and it was really powerful. Really, really powerful. See, what God really wants to help us with is to, and this is great, is being able to discern when you're not walking in the Spirit. Yes, it is. Okay? And it's gotten a lot easier for me personally because at the moment I start feeling despair and discouragement, I realize, oh, I'm not walking in the Spirit. I'm not, I don't have the mind of Christ at all right now. Okay? And I can, you know, I found myself the other day, I told Big, I'm depressed. You know, like maybe I've told her that three times in 30-something years. And I realized I was believing a lie. Yeah. I was li- and I had believed that lie and I had dialed into the natural realm. And I was living my life what the natural realm was telling me. Yeah. Not what the spirit realm was saying. God really, wa- that's the only way we're going to make it through this. Yeah is by not thinking, the, think, not thinking like God, but having His... Because you can mimic somebody all day long. It doesn't work. That's being a, that's a, God didn't call us to be parents. He called us to be real. Thinking God's thought. He wants to download His thoughts into your mind to be able to deal with the situations you know, that you have at hand. And He'll do that. And you, know, you have to give Him opportunity to do it. So one thing I wanted to do, I did this tonight, but if you weren't here... I will take them coals and I will touch your mouth on the side. I won't put my hands on your tongue or lips or mess your lipstick up. And I won't spit on you. But I believe God wants to cleanse people's mouth. I think this is really important. That's why we said Job 22, 27, and 28, that we can decree. Now, that's getting some authority. But I believe that authority comes when it's being spoken from cleanliness. You know, uh, Anna Roundtree's book, uh, when she was up in heaven, she saw worship going up there. And some of it went right to the Lord, and some of it didn't. It had to, they had to mess wow. with it. They had to do something with it in heaven because it was worship. People were worshiping the Lord, but they were doing it from bad motives. It, was, it had a mix in it. But God still loves to be worshipped, so he would take the mix stuff and he would cleanse it before it got to him in heaven. And I think that's the way a lot of our prayers are. Is God wants to cleanse but we, he wants to cleanse them here cause, so we can speak down here. Okay? We can speak down here into situations and circumstances and see God move. And I really believe that's really what, where God's trying to take us. Um, so I hope, you know, you're hearing some of this. This is not everything the Lord shows. There's a lot of stuff. We need to be thankful people that the Lord's speaking to us. Number one, we got people in this church that are really hearing the Lord about things. Okay? Number one. And then we have people on the outside that are speaking into our lives. I mean, prophets that really do hear God and know, and are proven prophets that are telling us stuff like, be careful, Byron, about your decisions. Be careful that you stay undercover. Be careful that you don't take, you know, just things like that. Be careful that you keep walking and don't stop because the buzzers are going to get you 
if you do stop because buzzers get, you know, it's great to have that kind of input that's, that's God saying right now. And if we will hear it and if we will heed it, then we will be blessed. There'll be fruit in our life. But if you, all we do is hear it and don't like, well, that's a great word or, you know, whatever you think and don't really do it, it doesn't work. It works in the doing. Amen? So I want to pray a general prayer. And we're going to end by, um, if anybody would like for me to do the, do the hot cold thing. Why don't we all stand up and yeah. we want to pray over you because yeah. we really want the Lord to um, bless you guys. To bless you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Father. Yeah, we we're big on the on the Father's blessing, and we believe He's for us. So, Father, right now we I want to pray for everybody in the room. Everybody's going through stuff. We got different circumstances and situations in our personal lives, our families, Lord. Ooh, Lord, we just pray for the children, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's on your heart so much. Oh, yeah. Mm, is the children in this nation. Amen. Our own little children, Lord. We pray, God, Thank your protection you, on them. We pray your blessing on them, Lord. We pray you preserve them, yes, Lord, in this time. Thank you, Lord. We just speak health yes. and life over the babies and little children, yes. Lord. And, Father, I just pray for everybody around. Lord, I just Amen. pray, God, that yes, you would begin Lord. to show us how to navigate yes. these waters we're yes, in, how to navigate this wind, right. Lord. I pray each one of us would be able to lay everything down. We would be able to give it up, Lord. We would be able to hand it over to you, that our hands would be open. Uh, all of what we have, Lord, all our ministries, all our, our visions, Lord, our dreams, our goals, our businesses, Lord, we'd put them all in your hand. There's no place safe like your hand, Lord. And, Lord, we do that today. We give it to you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray for wisdom and yes. decision-making. And I pray you would break that, that, that spirit off of us that wants yes. to, to draw back and withdraw, yes. Lord. That coward spirit that wants to run, Lord. Yes. That spirit that's trying to get out of things, Lord. I pray you'd break it off of us, Lord. Oh. Lord, help us to be men and women that would stand up and battle now and, and, and yes. contend now, Lord. You'd put that fighting spirit in yes. us, Lord. Not fighting against you, Lord, but fighting against your enemies, Lord. Yes. Lord, we ask you to put that in yes. us today, Lord. That we, yes. when, the, when it gets oh, like we're yes. going to lose, we feel like we're going to lose yes. and we get in despair, Lord, that something would rise in, in us, Lord, yes. and say, no, we're not going to lose in Christ. Lord, put that in us. Put that warring spirit in us, Lord. Lord, and we just right now praise your name. And allow your name yeah, over every you, situation mm -hmm. that is going on in this body, mm -hmm. Lord God. We do say, Lord, proclaim that you are God yeah. and you are king over every situation, that you're God of the whole earth. Lord, that there is none like you, there's none beside you, Lord God. And we proclaim your kingship and your lordship over every situation, Lord God. We proclaim your greatness, your mightiness, Lord, over every one of these things that we're facing, Lord. These giants that are in the land, Lord, we say that you are king. We allow your name. Yeah, we allow your name. Bless we say, hallowed be your name over the giants in the land, O oh God. We proclaim your, you as king, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Proclaim you as king. Thank Lord, you. Lord, restore to your people everything you meant for us to have. Everything that the enemy has stolen, everything that we have sold, our birthright, things that we have the Lord Father today, we're asking for a season yeah. to come in our life of great restoration. Yeah. And that we would gain the things you really want. Yeah. And Lord, if we've got stuff today, this in the way, as we hand it to you, I believe, Lord, yeah. you are going to give us 
the things that we really truly crave and desire as we release those other things to you. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name.